Feeling brown, I got no cash. Can't afford the tip. Got me feeling kind of sad, but we glad. I sleep up your whole bag. Selling my cares to get a couple sets. And I'll suck it next week, cause I hit my limit. Remember what it's one, just to get some digits. Good for you, stay back. I ain't talking feelings. Yo Q, I like what you're doing There's a fork up on the tip and it's leaving me clueless Stacking sets up on the chain, taking up my whole day Hella blocks up in the notice that we had to validate So stack a block, join a block, a shit post now Can't afford a block, join a block, reloading my account Yeah, I'm broke, it's a sad thing But a stack, on the stack chain GFYs, and all the memes Love vibes, and all the pains Stack sets Feeling brown, I got no cash. Can't afford the tip. Got me feeling kinda sad, but we glad. Yo, yo, that shit was lit. It got me fired up trying to stack the tip. Cosmic, stack chain energy. Staying hard 21 by infinity. Stack chain, I can't get enough. Every single day is number go up. Stack joins, invading your thread. Stacking so hard that it hurts the fed. And I'ma keep on stacking cause what Anthony said. And pass it back to Q and let the signal spread. Feeling brown, I got no cash. Can't afford the tip. Got me feeling kinda sad, but we glad. What's up? Welcome to Stack Chain Spaces, where we celebrate stacking sats. PA doesn't mean shit to us because stack height goes up and memes lead the way. Be sure to give Stack Chain Signal a follow. Stack Chain Signal is the repository for all things Stack Chain. They'll show you where the tip's at, give you useful tips on how to Stack Chain or whatever Stack Joins are going on. This Spaces is being recorded as a podcast, so later on, probably tomorrow sometime, you can pick it up in your in your favorite podcatcher. What's going on, guys? What's going on, Derek? Loco? What's up, man? Hey, hey. Like, like How about yourself, sir? <laughs> yeah, I I am sick, so you guys might be able to hear it in, in my voice, but uh I'm still here. I'm still stack chaining. So we're gonna we're gonna do this thing. I uh I counted the stacks, so it looks like we got like three or four stacks, kind of depending on how you count in the last twenty four hours. So that's not bad. I'm picking up a normal pace. Yeah, that's uh, pretty normal after a crazy weekend. We had all sorts of blocks, right? We're allowed to slow down a little bit on the beginning of the week here. Yeah, it's no big deal. And, you know, everything's kind of been all quiet. It went it went a little crazy at 24.08. And, you know, maybe Tao will find his way in here eventually. And, and we could talk about that a little bit. But otherwise, it's just been some nice, clean stacking. What's been going uh, on with you guys? Uh, one thing that can't go overlooked, I, di- I didn't quite get to read your show notes, but, uh, Q put in a lot of work and dropped, uh, fantastic stack chain sats today with, uh, separating the exchange and all that stu- uh, stuff, get some new data on the hashtag stack chain stats and it's beautiful. I- I'm a numbers geek kind of like yeah. so. That's a good call. I'm gonna throw that up in the nest. Yeah, I mean, I already did. 
I was blown. Like I knew that people stacked a lot on Swan, but I didn't realize it was so overwhelming, you know, and it makes sense. Like in the beginning of stack chain, there was a lot of stacks coming from strike, but um, a lot of stack chainers ran into problems with strike where they hit like their weekly or daily limit. And once that started happening, a lot of stack chainers switched over to Swan. Apparently, yeah, that, that flipping yeah. of of strike is pretty interesting. Well, look yeah. what happens. Like they came out, strike starts happening around what, like eight hundred, and then one by the time we hit like twelve hundred, maybe or so, like strike takes it. Or no, I'm sorry, Swan takes over. Like now, now also that's right around the time that. Uh, you know, Corey and Cafe Bitcoin and so forth started happening. So there's a lot of correlation between that. It's not just issues how with Strike. Do you think picked up uh, Swan accounts? I think it's quite oh, a few. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Like it, it's beneficial both ways. There. Like we we had some issues with people hitting their weekly limits or daily limits, and they needed an alternative. So yeah, it, it worked out for Stack Chainers, and it worked out for Swan as well. Yeah, if you want to stack a whole block, you know, that's probably going to be a problem in Strike right now. So these, you know, these solo mine blocks, a lot of them seem to be swan blocks, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of amazing to look. If you look at, like, once we hit 2,000, I mean, even earlier than that, like, 1,600, 1,700, and then on, like, everything else is... You know, Cash App slowly trugging, trugging forward, strike the, the exact same rate, like their growth rate, right? But but then you look at uh, <laughs> you look at Swan and Swan's like exponential growth. It's kind of wild. I, I mean, that's pretty cool. Did you did you were you able to show that to the fold guys? Uh yeah, I talked about it uh, with them. Um, he didn't publish it until afterwards, but I had, you know, he had kind of given us a sneak peek in uh, um, Telegram, so I, I knew what he was going to publish. So I, I mentioned it, but I didn't have a chance to show it to them since it wasn't published on Twitter prior. Was it, so how did that go? I, I saw I saw your notes, but yeah, oh, yeah, well, yeah. your voice. All right, well, well, um, it was super super exciting. Like I thought the meeting went very very well and I'm, I'm really excited to see what we end up doing so i met with fold um earlier this morning i met with two people on their team to talk about what they can do for stack chain what stack chain you know what type of integration what type of you know partnership and so forth we can do um together and they were very, very receptive to Stack Chain. They um, said that they would do multiple different uh, tiers of integrations with, with us. Um, their CEO, Will Reeves, we're going to have him in the near future. He's probably going to like kick off this whole Stack Chain fold thing, similar to what Corey did with uh, Swan, right? When Corey comes in, starts buying blocks. Will uh, Reeves, the CEO, is going to do the same thing. He's going to buy a full block. And then what we're probably going to do is we're probably going to hold a Twitter space with Will and the Fold app. 
and talk about stack chain and introduce stack chain to the fold community because i don't know if you guys noticed maybe ducky did since he was following me around on all my stack chain quests with fold there's a couple people that were like hey what's this you know what the hell are you talking about i don't know what this is this is this a scam like and and, and telegram loco you probably saw like because you're in and on telegram uh, discord loco you're in there the fold discord you probably saw like people were kind of like, and eh, they don't really know what stack chain is. So this would be a great way to introduce stack chain to the entire fold community. You know, everybody across the fold ecosystem will hear about stack chain, find out what stack chain is and see, they'll see will stack in a block, but also, you know, how fold likes to gamify things and they want you to retweet your referral link and do all this other stuff, you know, to win things. Well, we were tossing around the idea of doing a more fold blocks. So I said, well, you know what? We have these side chains, these side joint stack chains that are happening all over the place. At any given time, we have half a dozen of them and they all have certain goals. So why not start a, a fold stack join, you know, tell people to retweet, you know, and post their buy. So that gamifies that aspect of things. So we're going to do that too. I don't know how often we're going to do it. You know, um, maybe we'll start out one. And as soon as a, a fold block is built, it'll be moved over to the main chain and then we'll start again. So that'll be, you know, weekly or so, or however long it takes to, I mean, heck it could be daily multiple, you know, it could be multiple blocks a day. Uh, but either way, that, that's another thing. So fold stack join chains. Um, and then they're going to look at adding, some type of integration similar to what Swan has. So you can post screenshots and do the hashtag stack join. Cause that's really low entry to, to market here with, um, with stack chain. Like it's not very hard to do and it allows people to easily participate directly from the app buying. Now they were interested in our API that we have coming out. I, you know, we don't know when that's going to come out, but I said sometime next year, that's probably reasonable and hopefully in a few months. Um, but once we have that, you know, they were talking about it would be cool to have in the app to be able to see what the current stack height is, to see what you need to purchase the next full block or to take a look at the mempool and see what's needed to complete a block in the mempool so you could buy a, and have it complete the next block they're, like they're very interested in that but right now uh we're gonna do all those things so i i think uh once we kick that off like there's no timeline here but um based on their reception to everything and based on the way the conversation went it'll probably be fairly soon that's cool man i mean and it, it you know it all really depends on the engagement right so like yeah. doing the spaces if if the fold employees come into the stack chain and, and start ship posting yep. and having fun, it'll be, it'll be a complete and total success. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like I told them, I said, you know what, there, we hold, we hold near daily spaces and there's a lot of stack chainers that like to get up on stage and talk about stack chain and Bitcoin. And I'm sure many of us would, would love to join the fold space to talk about stack chain to the fold audience you know, like Will has a you know tons of followers, so is the fold account. So that, that'll be a nice way to introduce Stack Chain to the whole fold community. It's it's exciting because that'll be our it, second yeah. exchange. It feels like um, 
it feels like we're going to be explaining to people that stack chain is not a shit coin. It feels like we might be going in that direction. <laughs> haven't had to do that for a while. We haven't had to do it in a while, but you know what? Uh, we're going to have to, you know, cause it's it sounds like stacks, you know. It's it's a chain. People think we're, you know, it, that's fine. We'll, we'll set them straight. We're like, listen, we're all Bitcoin maxis here. So, you know, we don't do any shit coin. It'll be great. Um, I, I I think it'll be fun. And based on their excitement, like they're they're all about the gamification, right? I mean, that's what their company is: social community, a gaming uh, game gamification, and social growth and social community. And I said. That's literally what Stack Chain is. So this is a great uh, integration, great potential for this partnership. That sounds fantastic. I can't wait to see those guys, you know, do whatever they do. Like, uh, you know, can't wait to see them come in and, and mess around and see how they engage with Stack Chainers. So yeah, you know what? Peter gave them uh, one of their uh, employees a, a gentle GFY for the yeah, weekend. <laughs> He was just like, this sucks. And what is this, a fucking casino? I'll never be able to I know. It was great. It was like, welcome to Stack Chain. And this is Peter. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. That, you know, and part of me is just like, you know, this is going to be like beautiful Stack Chain chaos. Like all these well laid plans and everything's just going to go sideways and be amazingly fun. Uh, um, oh, oh, I thought Sidek had a question, but. He dropped out. So I know Ducky, come back. I want to hear what you have to say, buddy. Yeah, come on, come on up, man. So whatever question you you guys have any thoughts on that? On what? I, I will say I will say one other thing actually was very nice that they recognized this. They um said that they don't want it to seem like it's any type of like you know corporate sponsorship or anything like that because these type of grassroots movements any type of corporate involvement usually you know is bad for that and they want to make sure that you know that it's not seen as that because they don't want to do anything to harm stack chain obviously so it was very cool to hear them you know come out and say that they recognize that 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 could be perceived that way or happen. So it needs to be, you know, handled lightly and everything like that. So it was, it was very cool. Very, very good. One dive we've all taken um, going with another exchange. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Peter, Peter I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't bring up a, you know, no spin wheels and no cas- colorful casinos and all that shit during the meeting. <laughs> we'll see. We'll save that conversation for the second. What's that, What's that Becky? You, you had your original hand up before you dropped off stage. What's going on? Yeah, sorry about that, guys. You know, driving home, getting in the Matrix every now and then. So if you guys can hear me, I uh, just wanted to say, Derek, dude, that's been amazing what you've been doing. I've been watching it from the mempool side just because I get to pull in some of those stack joins. So, like, seeing it develop from, like, just you posting stack joins with FoldApp to, like, a second person to a third to dozens of Like, it just, it just was awesome watching all this stuff come in and then just watching you interact with it. Like, dude, like good job like thank you for doing this it's amazing that we're able to grow stack chain like this because we need more adoption on that side being able to like introduce uh the it's it's the on-ramp it's the on-ramp to bitcoin for some people like swan was and fold is and being able to give them this community right away like hey here's people who will teach you what you need to know like a space you can ask questions in like all of that is critical to the adoption of Bitcoin. So I just wanted to make sure you 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 felt that and you understood my respect and like 
I admire that dude. It was, it's been amazing. Ducky Thank is ready to go, words. man. Thank you for the kind words, Ducky. Love you, brother. Yeah, no, no, no kidding though, Derek. I mean, that's that's amazing. Like, much respect for for getting that all sorted out, man. That's amazing. Well done, sir. Well done. What's up, Obama? Hey, what's up, guys? Um, just had a quick comment about something you were mentioning earlier about um, Swan overtaking Strike. Actually, I was part of that. Um, my Strike limit was $1,000, and I remember when we passed $1,000 in stack height, I was like, how am I ever going to stack a solo block again? Like, you know, Coinbase doesn't make it easy, especially, well, with Coinbase Pro, you can't really post the dollar amount. You have to do like, you know, the sats and do the conversion and all that. So you did, know, you notice how, did you notice how cash app raised their limits above 2000 before the, the stack height went to 2000? I did not notice that. No, I didn't notice that at all. Yeah. I, I actually asked for higher limits on strike and they finally gave me, I think I have $5,000 limits on strike now. So I can I can still post a full block on strike um to this day but you know I I had switched to swan long before that so I stacked with swan during the whole war of 1666 onward so you know I do strike for the small stacks but I still do swan for the big stacks Yeah yeah we were just I mean it's it's interesting how Stack Chain has like had that kind of impact and kind of pointed out those things. What what's up, Peter? Um, I just wanted to ask Derek if Fold had if I didn't catch what what happened. Did Fold get uh, get integrated into Stack Chain? Uh, yeah. So real quick um, recap: their CEO Will is going to buy a full block here in the near future. Will and Fold is going to host a Stack Chain Spaces to introduce Stack Chain to the Fold community. We can be up there talking, you know, and explaining Stack Chain to everybody. And Fold is going to do like Fold side chains, Stack Join side chains. Um, once they complete a full block, it'll be moved over to uh, on chain, the main chain. And then they're going to do similar to what. Um, uh, Swan does in the app with uh, posting the screenshot and hashtag stack join things like that. Uh, I don't know the ETA on that because they already have a roadmap, but uh, yeah, it, it, they said it shouldn't be too hard. So who knows? Sometime in the near future. That's awesome. Um, and just so you know, I did have a back channel discussion with um, I think it was Will. Um, and, you know, I was just giving him my honest kind of opinion about the the app and why it doesn't work for me uh, you know and and he he was um he was very he was very um appreciative of my my honest input and you know i don't know it's you know not every not every app is going to be for every person right and just that that kind of just the it's the u it's the ux of the app it's just way too busy for me i'm just for me i, I get overwhelmed when i come into a situation like that if, and i would rather if fold just had like the one and a half percent credit card where you just put you load debit money in and you just get one and a half percent on your purchases everyone would be using it all day so they're definitely used to those you said that conversation 
Oh, I agree. I, I, I think, uh, Peter, I agree. I'm a, uh, Android maximalist as well. And I like a clean material. You user interface. I hate folds interface. I think it, I told them that in the feedback, uh, from the group that I'm in that I think that they need to work on their UI and they know that and they're, they have it on their roadmap to do so maybe in the near future, it'll be less busy and have various UI you know, elements all over the place. You know what I told it's them, a, Jared, It's I a product you... decision, though. Do you want to be spinning a wheel every time you make a purchase? Like, fuck, I'll make 10 purchases a day. I mean, I know you can spin the wheel later, but still, I don't want to integrate any Bitcoin apps into my daily, you know, daily purchases. I'd rather just be able to spend and, ha- and know that I have sats in my fold account. So, yeah, Derek, what I, what I told annoying. them... Derek, what I told them was that um, go and sign up for an Apple card and see how that works. That is the simplest, cleanest um, uh, a sign up process I've ever gone through. And then once I got the card, the way the Apple card integrates into the Apple wallet, it's just I mean, it's glorious. And then you can. So, you know how it's kind of hard sometimes to pay for to pay to pay off your card. It's kind of difficult because you have to call or you have to do this. Or yeah, do they're that. they're eating into Bitcoin's utility function because they realize that that's why they've gone after privacy. That's why they're going after just payments like in general, like we just have to fight back because what Apple Pay doesn't have is they don't have the self-custody aspect of Bitcoin. So it's, it's inevitable that they're going to be overtaken. But they also have the most money behind their product team. They have like billions of dollars ready to go. So they're just chomping at the bits to get that payment market. So in any case, the, the, what I was going to say was that when you, when you go to pay your, your, your Apple card or pay your balance off or whatever it is that you're doing, so... And if you want to pay your balance early, it's literally two clicks. Yeah, Apple Card was my first, uh, and I, my dad. I always wanted to stay away from credit. Uh, I was always a debit kid, and my dad told me to get um, t- before I buy my house. He wants me to build my credit. And my Apple card was my first card that I got. And um, so I think that's and I've had issues with my Apple card and their support team. It's just like you're like a text message. So even that is kind of uh, a nice aspect of the Apple card. You don't have to go through all these freaking banks and all this stuff. They just fix it right then and there. It's just a really, really clean interface, and that's what I appreciate. I appreciate a super clean uh, interface, and that's what it is. Well, I mean, do you get sats back on your Apple card? No. They, but, I don't, I get, but hold on. But hold on. I get, I get, I get cuck bucks back, thing. and I can take those cuck bucks, and I can buy sats with them. Pretty easy to do, really. Well, just needs a boomer button. You'd be all set, Pete. Yeah, I don't have to do any of that. All I got to do is buy One stuff click and the whole back. screen goes white. You just buy, buy Bitcoin. You just click a button. That's all you got to do. Well, but I, I do that. Hold on. I do that. I do that at, I do that at, uh, at Swan. And I do that on Strike. There's all kinds of places that I can easily purchase Bitcoin. And it's easier for me to do it on Swan or on Strike than it is on the fucking Fold card. That's what I'm saying. I'm not arguing with you. They need a little button. Turn it into 
boomer mode and just click. If they, if the problem for me is that every if you spin every day, then you, you they don't have like a good export to CSV. Like I'm, you know, I'm not all IRS, but if you're trying to declare that, if you're trying to spend that Bitcoin in the future, the IRS might come to you and be like, "Hey, did you where did you earn all this Bitcoin from?" So I would much rather them give me a monthly payment that I can account for and just give me a fixed rate so I don't have to spin the wheel and feel like I'm a slot slot machine degenerate gambler and just like get the actual amount of sats that they're willing to give me. Because if they're not willing to give me a fixed amount of sats, then another company will. Like Blockfire already came over that shit and no one fell for that. Everyone stayed on fold because there's no fixed credit card that pays you in sats right now besides there actually isn't one right now unless someone knows of one that i don't know i mean gemini does i use gemini for uh, a while until i went back to fold once uh yeah um, gemini card yeah like gemini worked great i don't i don't trust the whole mark zuckerberg hollywood like we're ro- we're just rowing boats at harvard like i don't trust any of that shit like i'm not putting money in gemini they they tried to sell me like a hardware key when I set up my account that was like a Gemini key. And I was like, uh, no, I'm not going to offset your storage risk with holding like a, a first party. Let, no, it didn't make any sense. They didn't even have a, a decent option for like, it wasn't even a Coinbase like equivalent. I, I'm not saying I, well, I will. I have no clue what you're talking about. I used Gemini for a year uh, to buy Bitcoin exclusively because Fold treated me like I, or not Fold, Strike treated me like I was poor and only let me buy $100 of Bitcoin a week. So I, I used Gemini and I withdrew as soon as I could. I think their their waiting period was two weeks or 10 days, something like that. And then I withdrew to cold storage every single time. I had no issue yeah you don't really need to trust gemini in order to use it i mean just a credit card and you can withdraw your sats at a certain level it's pretty easy but anyways the fact of the matter is is all of these different companies need to make a name for themselves and have their own stick they need to stand out from one another and they all have their own game that they're going to play to do that to stand out to entice their users Fold happens to be gamification and dopamine and spinning colorful wheels that some people don't like. And some people do well, like it. And also, at the end of the day, using my Fold card, I've got several million sats that I wouldn't have otherwise just by buying the shit that... That's not true, though. If you took your... If your bank gave you 1% to 2% cash back on all of your purchases in lieu of everything you bought on your Fold card, you could have just instant converted that into bitcoin every time they paid you out yeah but no, like, nobody nobody's gonna do that dude like but you know so it's, it's like you can do that though yeah but Odie, look look here so stack chain in incentive oh my man i was trying to bring peter up and i muted everybody sorry about that you guys should be unmuted we, we didn't hear sorry, what, what, you said, were you, what were you saying derek Oh, I was still muted. My bad. <laughs> um, okay, TLDR is uh, um, so Stack Chain incentivizes everybody to smash by. How many people have said over the past few months that they would have never stacked as much without, you know, Stack Chain without this gamification, right? 
folds kind of the same way. People like to buy things. I'm anxious as shit to pay bills every month because I want to see how much Bitcoin I can get back. Like it, it the gamification works. It worked for Stack Chain. It works for Fold for some people too. So sure, the, yeah. the, the, the but difference you, there, the difference there though, is that is that you're buying, like you said it, you're buying more stuff. There's a lot of people like you who are just buying their bills that they're buying anyways. But there's other people who are actually buying more stuff because of it. Oh, I, I'm sure there probably is. I mean, I'm not, but I'm sure there probably is some people that there are that they say, hey, I didn't wouldn't normally have bought this. But fuck it. I, if I can get 20 bucks back in Bitcoin, I'll buy it. You know, and then, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, even, even even Foldis said that they were touting that the credit card companies they work with didn't believe their numbers for volume. When they first came out, they were like, it doesn't make sense why you can just sell things 10 times more effectively than we can. Like, because everyone was just going on there and buying Amazon cards or whatever gift cards for sats and then just immediately spending them. But it, it's just the velocity of payments that through Fold that like got a bunch of sats back. Yeah, I mean, you guys are overcomplicating this. It's basically, I buy the exact same stuff I always bought. I just exclusively use the fold card if I can, because I immediately get sats back. I don't have to like get my 1% reward and then, you know, move it to a place and buy Bitcoin. I just go to the grocery store and I use my fold card and I get sats back for Amazon. I just get 5% back because I just buy an Amazon gift card as opposed to just, you know, using my checking account or, or whatever. And these are sats. You know, I'm not doing anything extra. There's no extra steps. I'm just no. The extra step is you got to spin the wheel, right? No, I don't spin the wheel anymore. I just take one percent back on everything. Oh, just fold on for that one percent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's with for a few months now. Before that it was one point five, but they changed it. It's one percent back on, and every single purchase you get the pop up. It says, "Hey, do you want one percent or do you want to gamble? You know, do you want to spin?" And you hit. One percent. There you go. You never have to see a wheel if you don't want to see a wheel. Yeah, and so these are just extra sats. You know what I mean? So nice. Like- I'm gonna start using that. I use my credit card. I use my debit card or whatever, but I get the same rate, so I might as well get make it in sats. Yeah, and there's no like conversion or like extra steps. You just. You know, I buy, I go to Safeway or whatever. I spend $200 in groceries. I go to the fold card. There's my $200 purchase. I tap on it. I hit the 1%. Done. I got, you know, however many sats is back. And I mean, so the thing I don't like is if you, is if you don't do it within 24 hours, you don't get the sats, right? So like if I just forget, you know, sometimes I'll go back in there and there's like, you know, maybe I bought some gas or something and I forgot to do it. So I missed out on sats. That pisses me off. But so it would be cool if it was just like automatically 1%. I kind of feel Peter, like I don't really need to play the game. I'm just perfectly happy getting 1% sats back hassle free. You know what I mean? Um, but whatever. I mean, it's, I have got, I mean, the, the, wheel, the wheel is fun. Like, don't get me wrong. I love the wheel. But the problem with the wheel is that if you accumulate, let's say you accumulate like a thousand bucks in sats over a year or something through the fold app or who knows. All right. Maybe more, maybe less, but let's just say for argument, a thousand bucks a year, 
through the 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 you know through the fold app if you're going to spend that bitcoin you're going to have to account for all of those transactions so you're going to need to be able to export them all to csv ship it off to your accountant that's what that's the thing that concerns me it's not well, the wheel spinning not, so not, much that's not how i do it though because they the sats don't automatically like move into your cold storage or anything so they sit there and then you pick the time that you want to withdraw the sats because you technically you don't have a tax liability until that's you fair. receive the sats in your custody so like once a month i just receive whatever sats i have and you know the transaction is there but by that logic, if you wanted to spend all of your Bitcoin, you would have to account for them. But I can see why I can see why that's valuable if, if they if they pass a law that says you have like tax free under a certain amount, then you can spend your full Bitcoin on, you know, like, you know, groceries or whatever. But and then there's no issue. Uh, sats back is a reward just as dollars back. You don't. They're 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 viewed as rebates, I believe, in in terms of taxes. You don't have to count it as taxable income. But you would need capital gains on spending it. I think I think you're right on the taxable income part. You don't have to account for it as income like you would if you received Bitcoin otherwise for right. you know for income purposes. But so I, I think you're right there. But still, if you if you received it at this price and it goes to 100k plus. Like if you were to spend that Bitcoin specifically, those UTXOs, you would need to account for those capital gains. So uh, I'm just I'm that's where I'm I, don't, I just don't want an accounting nightmare. Like I'm if they can give me a CSV with all that data, which I'm sure they will in if they haven't already, like then I'm good to go. But that's Cash App is like the that's why I love Cash App, because they give you the CSV where Strike doesn't at the moment. I don't know if. um I don't know if Fold does or not. I think I think Strike's going to be doing it this year. I think they're they're handing out CSVs this year because the the regulations changed. I believe I'm not positive about that. No, uh, they do it already. If you go to your Strike app, I forget where it is. I think you go to your account and then statements. Uh, it's somewhere in there, but they'll give you the monthly CSV, and then you can save it to like your. I don't know. I use Apple, so I save it to my iCloud files, and then I transfer it to my computer, and I can add it to my tax information. But Strike already does it, first of all. But I was going to ask, has anybody heard anything about the Strike credit card that's supposed to be coming out? No. The debit card? Yeah, yeah no, I or debit that, or no, credit card or whatever. I think that means that they're going to – is Strike going to send out 1099s now also? I don't know that Peter. It'd be interesting if they did. I, I think I think that I think they're going to be sending out 1099s. I think that was part of that regulation change. It, it seems inevitable. Yeah, I mean, Cash App does. Uh, I feel like that's going to happen. So 1099s on what? Selling Bitcoin. Yeah. 1099s are any taxable event that you incur on um, on uh, their their uh, platform. Yeah. No, I mean I understand what a 1099 is, but on strike, yes, if you sold what? yes, if you sold Bitcoin. So, for instance, I have sold Bitcoin and bought it right back on on uh, Strike to do tax loss harvesting. Add a boy, Peter. Okay. Proud of him. All right, I, I, I may have done that as well. 
Nice, nice. Well, Bob- Buck, I got a massive fucking tag. I, I, uh, you know, I've been short. I've been shorting the the QQQ for the last three and a half months on and off, and um, have been doing very well. And I'd love to take credit for it, but I can't. The guy that's directing me gets the credit for it. Um, and uh, my tax bill is fucking insane. And my my, I went to my accountant and I was like, uh, what's my tax bill going to look like? This is what my, 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 uh, P and L looks like. And he, he, the only thing he sent me back was, can you, uh, can you provide me with any losses? So then I did the swan, um, I did the swan tax loss harvesting, which was also relatively easy. Good. Awesome. I hope that works out for you, Peter. <laughs> what are you sorting to QQ on? What platform are you using? I, I use, I'm in E-Trade. What kind of percentage? The one X or the three X? Say again. Or the two X. What what are you? Is there any leverage, or is it just the one X short ETF? No, it's not the ETF. I'm I'm shorting. I'm I'm uh, purchasing puts on the uh, on the QQQ. Oh, nice. Oh, it's fucking DGen shit. I was literally about to make that trade. I was I was thinking that it made sense, but I I wasn't thinking QQQ. I was just thinking stock market in general. So, so I'm gonna we've... I'm gonna fork this conversation. I love you guys. I'm gonna fork this conversation. I want to hear Bama uh, tell us about adopting Bitcoin because he was down there and representing Stack Chain in El Salvador. Oh, so yeah, let's hear about that. What's up, Bama? All right, guys. Um... Just FYI, I don't know if you guys saw my tweets right before this space, but I've been making some cocktails with the Tic Tac that I got from uh, El Salvador. So, you know, I'm a little bit lit, but, you know, I'll I'll give you guys a rundown and uh, just bear with me. So the conference was really great, I got to say. It was two days in San Salvador like your typical Bitcoin conference, a bunch of speeches, all that good stuff. You know, Samson Mao was there, Max Kaiser, Stacey Herbert, the crypto couple, uh, Prince Philip, you know, all the stars, right? It was really great. Uh, Met up with Stacky. And by the way, if anybody has any doubts about Stacky, he is a real Bitcoiner. Trust me. This guy is legit. I know, uh, you know, maybe Bob had some issue with him posting some small shitcoin buy as a joke to one of the chains, but this guy is legit. He just—he was just making a joke, I'm sure. He's—I don't—I don't know if it's public information. I think it is, but he has a tattoo related to Bitcoin. Just FYI. So this guy is—he's a Bitcoin. Dox. Yeah, I, I think it's public though, because I saw. I, I saw Chewy tweet something about it, so it's public information. That's so cool. He has an address fucking tattooed on his arm. That's fucking cool. <laughs> it's not an address, but it, it you know, it's close. It's it's totally Bitcoin. But yeah, that guy's really cool. Met up with like this other guy that was a friend of Stacky's that's really cool, but he, he's like the ungoogleable man. He has no LinkedIn, he has no Twitter account that you can follow. He's just non-existent on the internet. This guy is like totally undoxable. So I'm not even going to say his name, but he's a really cool guy. Totally Bitcoin. Like I was just amazed at the people that I met there. 
But um, yeah, so first two days, like I said, San Salvador, I went down, bought some uh, McDonald's with Bitcoin, all that good stuff. And um, the third day was in El Salvador. It was like a beach day. There was like a, a steak dinner that you could buy tickets for if you wanted to. Um, El Zante is definitely a place to visit if you go to El Salvador. Like, it's a great beach town, great surfing, I guess, if you're into that. I'm not really, but there's tons That's of stuff I want to go. The surfing, the surfing looks fantastic. I was going to ask, do you know what time of year the surfing is good? Apparently, it was good when we were there. I mean, the waves look really great to me. I'm not a surfer, but I saw people surfing out there, and they were having a lot of fun. I mean, I saw people doing tricks, and the, the waves were, I don't know, like three meters plus high. So it looked good to me. How many people were at the conference? It was over a thousand, maybe like twelve hundred or so. That's is, awesome. That sounds yeah. like it, it was rivaling Pacific Bitcoin then. That was about how many I thought were at Pacific Bitcoin. Yeah, I mean it was a lot more than I expected for, you know, El Salvador. Let's say that. I, I expected it to be like one small room, you know, maybe like twenty, thirty people to each speaker or whatever but no it was like a really there were several large stages and there were plenty of people at each one there were lots of workshops this one was about adopting bitcoin so there were a lot of workshops uh focused on lightning i went to one that was focused on um like a you can pay for a vpn with lightning so it's completely anonymous and apparently this vpn is super under the radar so even people in Russia or China can still use it. Um, you know, like if you try to use NordVPN or whatever there, uh, it gets blocked because, you know, the, the state knows about it. But this Lightning LNVPN is called. They don't know about it. So you can kind of get around the, the Great Firewall, so to speak. It, may, it makes sense, though. There's so many Bitcoin wallet apps that you can just use that are non-KYC that... It's not surprising that you could get onto Lightning on KYC too. I mean, that's the whole point of it, right? To be more private than Bitcoin. Yeah, exactly. So it's a lot more private. Um, that's kind of like the selling point of those Lightning-based VPNs. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, um, I totally recommend going to next year's Adopting Bitcoin. It's totally worth it. Um, if you stay at El Zante... If you reserve ahead of time, I totally recommend the hotel that I stayed at. It was called um, Garten Hotel. It's it's the most famous, I think, in El Zante. It's like the you know top tier. They only have four suites and one penthouse. So be aware before you reserve. You got to reserve it like ahead of time so you Isn't can actually the reserve one it. Mix and Stacy always advertise. Exactly. Yes, that's okay. the one. So yeah, I mean. Uh, I was staying there. Um, I saw the crypto couple. They were staying there, apparently. They were there, like, every night. I didn't bother them because I figured they're on vacation and whatever. So, Oh, my gosh. They were so cool. I harassed them at the airport. I was like, hey, it's the crypto couple. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, they, they look totally approachable, but I just didn't want to bother them, you know? Like, I figured, you know, they were- they're... They, they got bothered enough during the conference and stuff. I'll just keep my distance and let them enjoy their vacation and stuff. 
you know, I, I kept passing them. So I'd be like, Oh, Hey Carla, Hey Walker or whatever, when I passed them. But you know, I, d- I didn't like say, Oh, can I take a picture with you? Or, Oh, I love if your videos. So, if you were wearing a stack chain shirt, Walker would have stopped and talked your ear off for like 20 minutes, man. Like at Pacific Bitcoin, he, he hung out with us quite a bit. Like there were several times where Walker just came and, and hung out. There's, He's a pretty cool guy. No, I mean, they're totally cool. Like, I, I can see it just from, like, seeing them, even from a distance. I talked to Carla, like, briefly during the uh, steak dinner. Um, I just said, like, uh, like, she was at the table that I was sitting at, and I was just like, oh, like, how long do you guys spend on all those videos? Because it's they're all so professionally made. I'm just, like, in awe of you know, how much effort they put forth and how much signal there is in their videos. And um, she said, she was like, oh, you know, I've always wanted to know what people think. Like, what do you think we've, how how long do you think we spend on each video? And I was like, I don't know, like between 40 and 100 hours, I would guess, like one to two weeks of full-time work. And she was like, no, like seven hours. I was like, oh, come on, give me a break. Like, <laughs> Come on, they're, like, they're pros. They know they know how to. They know they both know how to tell a good story, and they both know how to film and edit a good video. So hold on, can, hold on, hold on, hold on. Little secret here. Um, Carla does all of the fucking yeah, she, editing. She's, she's the video. She's the video wonder of the crypto couple. <laughs> All right, though. Um, let me get real for a minute, though. Um, so if you go to El Salvador, so there's this phenomenon of Japanese people visiting France. I don't know if you guys have heard it. I forget the name of it, but there's literally a name for this phenomenon. That Japanese people, my wife is Japanese, actually, <laughs> but they'll visit France and they'll have this image of France in their head that's like, it's this perfect romantic place. Everything is great. Everything is beautiful, perfect, romantic. And then they get there and they're so disillusioned that they'll almost lose their minds because it's like their reality is shattered. They go there and it's like this completely different thing than they imagined, right? Okay. <laughs> So here's what you got to know about El Salvador before you go. And I say this as like a full-on Bitcoiner. I love Bitcoin. I am so excited about El Salvador's adoption of Bitcoin. I am a complete 100% fan of Bukele. Just like every El Salvadoran that I ever met down there is a fan of Bukele. But let me tell you, um, it's less than 50% of people that are willing to accept Bitcoin, number one. Even the people that are willing to accept Bitcoin, kind of, they're not excited about it. Um, And even out of that 50%, they're willing to accept it. I'd say even 25% of those are kind of like against it, almost. Like, there's a lot of progress that's been made. Let's be clear like it's only been a year since the bitcoin law right so what do you expect to happen like do you expect everybody's habits to change in no, one they, year they need their they need their uh they need to get to like five plus years get their first 10x in 
once that's in the bag, I think frowns will turn upside down. Exactly. Hey, I wonder. I, I mean, we... before. I, I've heard, you're, so you're not the first person that I've heard say that, and you know, pretty much the etiquette is that you kind of ask. You know what I mean? Because you can pay in dollars, you can pay in Bitcoin. So you you kind of like ask, like, I would like to pay in Bitcoin. Is that okay? That's that's what has been explained to me. But then there's like other places where you can go, like in El Zante, where everybody's just like, you know, it's, it's okay. Like, kind of, kind of. So um, I'd say even, even in El Zante is 50-50. Like, you know, I was walking around El Zante. I wanted to buy these T-shirts. <laughs> it literally has a Bitcoin symbol on the T-shirt. So I'm like, uh, Pagarcon Bitcoin? And they're like, no. <laughs> I'm like, seriously? It has a fucking Bitcoin logo on the t-shirt. But uh, no, they, they wanted cash. It's a cash-based economy. Um, and so much so, uh, they price everything at $1. Like, it's like 30 lychees for $1. Three, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, passion fruits for $1. They do everything at $1. And so much so that they don't even use dollar bills because dollar bills you know they deteriorate very quickly so they use dollar coins they never took on here in the u.s but in el salvador they're very common the dollar coins hey, like if can you I comment on the uh the japanese phenomenon the yeah japanese please branching. please my wife's japanese as well uh, that's the only reason i know this so um wait wait is everybody married to a japanese woman did i miss something here yes all right, go ahead. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm wife's Okay, interesting. Uh, well, so a bunch of white guys up here then is my guess. Um, yeah, so, uh, so uh, okay, in the U.S. we have Disney. In Japan, they have Ghibli. Ghibli was, um, he, he, it's basically this throwback to after World War One. After World War One, uh, uh, Miyazaki had this romantic view of Europe a lot of Japan did. So all the Ghibli movies, which are like Japan's Disney, all, you know, all of Japan's growing up on these movies has this highly romanticized view of Europe. Um, it's a magical view of Europe. And in fact, a lot of Japanese um, food is um, imported fusion European food. And many of it is better than you can actually get in Europe. I mean, it's very different than American food. And so, um, I'm I'm just adding color to to that phenomenon that um, Japanese people expect Europe to be magical because it's like you know if okay imagine if you went to Disneyland and it sucked that's what it's like <laughs> for Japanese people going to France. <laughs> well, I learned something. It's like it's like you know people visiting the United States and finding out that we're not all a bunch of cowboys. No, but just real. I mean, everything, I think part of it too is like everything in Japan is just superior. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm a little bit racist, but Japan is just like the real shit. Like, it, it's funny. It's like Japan's like the future from the point of view of like the 80s. It's like they, they, they still have like fax machines. They skipped the desktop internet and went directly to the mobile internet. The websites are insanely ugly, but uh, the food's incredible. The um, crime rate's low. Uh, the social safety net's high. 
social homogeneity is high, so there's a lot of trust in society. It's safer, but they're more culturally protective. They're closed. They're closed, so they're not culturally open. So you have to assimilate. Where in like the West, we did this, we did this um, diversity thing, but the cost was complete dissolution of culture, which meant that the share, you know. Um, the social safety net had to get pushed down because you no longer trust everyone. So you're no longer in a society, so to speak. So huge trade-offs. I mean, the, the, with Japan, there's almost no um, uh, expectation of privacy and there's very little um, entrepreneurship. So very low, lower innovation. Um, and uh, actually depressing from a money point of view. I mean, in the U.S., you know, Real estate's gone up for a long time, so you can use it as a piggy bank. Japan had a booming real estate market. Then for multiple decades, it's just been falling in value. So they have really nowhere they can put money. So everyone in Japan, it's kind of like in feudal times, they attach themselves instead of like a samurai house, they attach themselves to like one company their whole life and they stay there. So like if, so it's very common to be like, oh, wow, what company are you at? Oh, you're at Sony? And it's like you're at like um, like Yakuza or like um, a samurai house. It's like, oh, you're part of House Sony and you're going to be you know there the whole time because that's how you get retirement is through that company um, pension And because there's really no investable assets, if that makes sense. And the government has centralized all debt and they own almost everything at this point. So it's, a, it's kind of actually a dire situation that um, in terms of like, you know, the future of Japan right now is kind of sketchy. It, it almost makes you wonder about how Japan uh, is where Satoshi Nakamoto is presumably from, right? I mean, it's it's clearly a Japanese name, That's and there are most no property rights there at all. It's a very interesting idea. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Psyduck, go ahead, please. Oh. So, Bama, just to add to that, in the Mexican culture, it's similar. Like the view of Europe is definitely similar. Japanese view it. I mean, not so much from the fairy tale aspect, but it's definitely. You know, so when I went to Paris, the first thing I noticed coming in on the train was the tent villages, just massive, massive tent villages. I'm from. I was from LA. I'd seen little like uh, homelessness before, but like seeing that, it was like something out of a refugee camp. And when I brought it up to one of my my uh, uh, French friends, they were just straight up denying it. They were like, "No, that doesn't exist. Like, it's I don't know what you're talking." Well, they didn't say that doesn't exist, but they're like, oh, "I don't know what you're talking about. It was probably uh, like refu like refugees or like they they're they're not French. They're not French people." Um, but yeah, like it's it, that shock definitely opens your eyes to some stuff. At least for me, like it it made me question a lot of my worldview. Yeah, man. And uh, as Laser was saying about how, like, there's just no no real, I don't know, property rights, I guess you would call it there in Japan. Um, I don't know if you've heard of this phenomenon, but there's like this new phenomenon of herbivore men is basically this phenomenon of men that have given up trying to start a family, like find a wife, start a family all that good stuff because they simply can't support it anymore. Like they still have this like cultural um, desire to be able to provide for their family, but it's simply not possible. Like on a single income, you literally cannot do it there anymore. And yet it's still the expectation. So men just give up. I, I don't know what they're doing, but I've seen 
some very talented guys in the uh, arcades there. <laughs> and well, me- their markets, their markets haven't been hot since like I think it's either eighty nine or ninety one. Like they, it's been a downward decline against the dollar since then. And they really haven't had a reprieve, single reprieve from that since that because they had a huge bubble. They had a bubble that was bigger than the 2008 bubble in proportion that happened in the 80s. If anyone hasn't seen the movie The Princes of the Yen, yeah. it's it's super insightful into what happened in the in the 80s, going to the early 90s in Japan. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not an accident. It's um, after World War II, we went in and installed a central bank, and we've used that to essentially loot Japan of all their real wealth. And uh, the the reality of that is that's the the future of the Japanese people. So their lineage has been stolen using using um, monetary uh, uh, technology, money print, digital money printing. So you know, in a way. If Satoshi Nakamoto really was from Japan, or cert- or at least fully understands the travesty and the horror, the injustice of the idea of a whole culture's future being stolen, a country's future being stolen, all the kids and families, and now they're they're wreaking the cost of it. Like you said, they're essentially having a, um, um, you know, like they're having an F- FTX moment of their actual culture. So they're falling apart as a people gener- from a generational point of view. Um, and so, yeah, I never connected the the princes of Yen to the invention of Bitcoin because it was it's easy to always think, but you know, like from the U.S., I just thought, oh, Bitcoin, you know, is the chancellor in Europe, but we were having two thousand eight, so we were having our housing bubble as well. So I just assumed a U.S. lens, not realizing in the greater sense of things, um, Japan lost World War Two, and we've in the West has proceeded to excavate Japan of wealth until it, there's nothing it, left. It's absolutely insane. If you look at it um, before world war two, the yen was actually $1 to $1 with the dollar. It one yen was worth $1 before world war two. And after world war two, all of a sudden you see a hyper acceleration to where $1 is worth 100 yen which is completely insane because it, i mean if you know i'm sure we're all from an american perspective or the most most of us are at least like could you could you even imagine if the dollar lost a hundred percent like if it lost a hundred parts of its value to one like that yeah, well, that's I how mean, much that's, they, they've that's lost happened, though, odysseus i mean in 10 years the dollar has lost 99 percent of its value to bitcoin no, but I'm saying the yen against the dollar is a hundred x less than what it was before World War One. Even not even counting the devaluation of fiat, just the comparison of of dollars to yen. It's funny because it works in both directions. So they've had, um, well, I mean, they've been getting crushed. Because think of currency inflation alongside asset asset deflation uh, of, of like, um, so basically. Your your money is getting losing purchasing power is all the things that you might use to invest in to preserve value is losing value at the same time. Um, that's like a brutal combo, uh, which is impossible to escape, which makes so sense. There's so little wealth. The only wealthy people in Japan are old wealth. So if you had wealth for hundreds of years, you still do. So like, it, actually, a funny thing is my wife said this to me. She's like, the, the people that are wealthy in Japan are like 
it's aristocratic wealth. It's actual samurai families, actual families connected to um, the, like the feudal era. Era. No one else has wealth. It's it's basically the same um, the same feudal system as in Edo period happening today under this fiat standard. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes it makes total sense. Like um, the 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 Miyamoto Musashi era, like that's where everyone founded their place. Like if you look at Japan, it's in the top two countries with Germany of of they're basically top the Guinness World Records list of like most oldest companies. There's dozens of old companies that are 500 years plus old in Japan and Germany. And those are the two places they exist. I mean, it's, it's a really fascinating uh, it's a really fascinating thing if you think about it, because so much, so many people are going to have, um, they're going to, they're going to be so connected with those companies that they're going to do, you know, we can't even imagine like a corporate world in the U S where you'd be so connected to a multi hundred year old company. Like it's, it's, it's an alien concept even as a software guy. It's hard. Like I, I couldn't, deal with the idea of working in a Japan company because it's it's very difficult to fire someone there. And so basically everyone knows that they're all stuck with each other for the long haul. And so instead of an output game where you focus on skills and it's whoever performs the best, gets ahead, and they might get early, they might switch to they might do a startup, switch to another opportunity. Instead it's an input game. So it's people who the people basically compete in terms of who's spending the most time at the office, who's going in drinking more, who's playing politics more. Imagine doing that for four decades on end, five decades, six decades. There's guys there that are like, fucking, you know, they're all, you know, it's an input game. So you have guys competing with like, I, I won't retire. I'll work until, you know, the doctor forces me out of here. So like, that's, uh, think of the, <laughs> think of that weight. Um, no wonder they, they're like, what's the point? What's the point? I can't afford anything. You're going to, I'm supposed to go work until I'm, Right, it's I can't get that. It's so crazy that they'll just kill themselves too. It's like one of the few cultures in the world where they think that the best outcome is to just commit suicide with a fucking knife. I mean, well, it like it reminds me of France where they're like dueling each other. They're like, "Oh, I'll kill you with a sword." Like, yeah, go back, yeah, go back like, to old go. Japan. Go back to the samurai era. Imagine what it's like if the house that you were serving disbanded you. So you were a samurai, and the house dis- that that supported your livelihood disbanded you yeah it's basically do or die like you become either like a vagrant like a ronin wanderer this badass but most people didn't have like the constitution of self for that became terrified and killed themselves and so like it's funny it's it's the identical dynamic right um in current japan like if you don't firmly attach yourself to one of these companies it's a um, it's like a life or death thing. So it's very similar. Like no wonder, no wonder people will basically work till they die. <laughs> like it's it's kind of a scary thing, and it's not talked about a lot in Japan because Japan has a masculine culture still, right? Men are spoke are, are expected to handle that and do their duty. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. It's, it's it's really depressing if you get into it. Like I said, this herbivore men phenomenon. It's 
It, it really depressed me a lot when I read about it. But, you know, let's get it back happens to happens in America, though, too. There's plenty of fucking vegan, vegetarian men in America that are just spouting off the same nonsense. Yeah, I mean, the phenomenon here is known as incels, but it's the same thing there. But anyway, to get back to Bitcoin just a little bit, um, you know, yeah, just on a... This, you know, we started off with a fold app integration of Stack Chain and ended up with like an in-depth review of Japanese culture. I did not... I did not see that coming, but uh, it was it was interesting. Thank you, Laser. Just just watch watch the Princes of the Yen if you haven't seen that documentary because it's it's gold. I've seen it like five times already. It I just keep watching it. It's it's yeah, a very that, good one. That's the tie-in, and that's the ending point. If you, the Princes of Yen is basically a history of um of of America installing a bank and using it to loot japan that's going on all the way to today and it relates to bitcoin so that's a good segue back in so So, it's a bitcoin movie full and through and through it's a bitcoin movie just it it's the same measure as the bitcoin standard it's the same story as what's been going on because bitcoin has always been about central banks and central banks have been doing things since before Bitcoin, and and the last installment was what happened in Japan in the in the in the late eighties. So, what what were you about to say, Mama? Oh well, uh, a couple things that just brought up. I, I've got to see that documentary um, because this kind of reminds me of um, you know something that we've been saying in the trading industry for since forever is that. The U.S. and Europe and everybody else in the developed world is Japan just a few years back, basically. Like, we're all following Japan's example. Like they Japanification, did. yeah. You hear exactly. it everywhere. Yeah, we're all turning Japanese, basically, right? So um, we're just a few years behind Japan. So is this what we have to look forward to? Negative interest rates, um, basically, you know, just economic stagnation for forever, until the point that we all turn into herbivore men because we can't support families anymore and, you know, just complete degradation of our society. I hope not. You know, thank God for Bitcoin, right? And Could you imagine imagine if the U.S. stock market took 20, I think it was 21 years to make a nominal high. So the... the, It was was over 30. It was over 30. It was like 1990-something that was the last Oh, you're right. Yeah, till twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two. Till exactly, yeah, it was like, yeah, it was like 30, thirty years. Yeah, and I don't think anyone can imagine that in the U.S. But we all know that the U.S. is an empire on decline. At least when you're talking about reserve asset status, like I, I don't think anyone here would suggest that that the U.S. dollar might be the reserve currency for the next hundred years. It's it's kind of ludicrous. But I mean, I don't know. Well, no, the reserve status is is done now. You know the the war in Ukraine and the seizing of Russia's Russian assets, requiring them to bypass the U.S. dollar, and they were able to do that successfully. So now that just points a path towards bypassing the U.S. dollar. So that's that's done. The petrodollar is no longer the world's reserve currency so the that period of american history is over it i mean it still technically is but it might be like five or ten years before the history books declare like you know how like they say the roman empire didn't 
no one really could pinpoint when the Roman Empire fell. It just happened over like a hundred years. And then by the end, everyone was like, yep, it fell. Yeah, because well, I mean, the average guy, you know, herding sheep or whatever, you know, in year whatever, which is officially the time the Roman Empire fell, like one day he was herding sheep, the next day he was herding sheep. It wasn't until like a hundred years later where somebody was like looking at the history of Rome and saying, you know what, this place is not the same anymore. You know, meanwhile, that guy's grandkids are probably still herding sheep. So, but I mean, that when historians look back, they're going to look at the war in Ukraine as the moment when the petrodollar stopped being the world's reserve currency because, you know, they, they tried to pull a play and they tried to stall out Russia and, you know, just drown them of liquidity by using the U.S. dollar and just Russia had enough of whatever they needed to get around it. So it's all such a scam, though, doesn't it make you want to investigate like the previous things that happened in history and be like, what scams did they get away with in ancient Greece or some shit? Because like everyone, I mean, I don't know. I mean, they're just colluding at the top. It's It's always like that. I mean, it's the full cycle of, you know, hard times create strong men, strong men create good times, good men create, you know, hard or weak men create hard times so it's it's always political posturing and when the weak men come in the the strong men take over it, it's it's just how it is because when an empire where are these weak men where are these weak men they're in fucking washington dc i mean where are we in the cycle i want to know what get you all think where are where are well, we in the we in this more turning cycle? The weak men have created hard times. Since when though? Since when? God, I hope so. I hope we're at peak clown world. I mean, it can't get worse than this, right? Is, sure. it, yeah, is it like 2008 so where that started, or is it more recent? I think it's worth putting on the record. We are not going to Washington to take out weak men. I think that is that is important why is, on the record. Why is that important? Weak uh, men need meek. Weak men. <laughs> Look, I don't know. Men. I feel like gold would def or stack. Uh, Buddha would definitely go to Washington and go diabolic on everyone. Yeah, he can't do it by himself. Buddha I mean, doesn't want to meet and see people in real life. He he would he would chicken out. We'd be like, hey, we're all going to D.C. and Buddha's like, man, you guys have fun. I'm going to sit back and drink my cough syrup. No, that might be true. Def- chicken, think- chicken out is not a word I want to be heard. No, I don't think he would chicken out. I think he would go full on, like, guns ablaze in full metal jacket, and we would just be like, Buddha, what the fuck? That's exactly what we're No, I mean, look, we don't have the ability to install competent leadership. You know, we've got, we currently have Biden. We previously had Trump. And we just, our country... We just don't have the ability to install competent leadership. But not only that, let's talk about weak men through history. I mean, like this fourth turning cycle, the last the last dishing of it through history was World War World War One and World War Two. Before that, it was the Revolutionary War or the Civil War. Sorry, and then before that, it was the Revolutionary War. So it's this eighty year cycle that spits out fucking hell. And who knows how it's going to land in the history books? 
but we know we're up for some something. Well, I mean, we're we're clearly in it, right? I mean, because there's economic depression everywhere. There's insane inflation happening all over the planet. You know, we had we had a global pandemic that was just a complete and total clusterfuck. Like different places responded in different ways. There's there were some places where they were sending people to camps. They closed down borders. Nobody can make up their fucking mind. It was just, and then some places were just outright scamming, like just making shit up. It so that there's no there's no leadership because the leadership is almost entirely weak every now and then you'll see one politician somewhere that sounds like you know they have their head screwed on straight but everybody else just seems like a fucking scammer and there's no safety in the republicans there's no safety in the democrats you know they they they're just maintaining the same circular system of growth for them at the expense of everybody else. And now here we are. It's let them eat cake. And they're, they're so disconnected that they just make decisions. Like, it, I, I live in California, and the governance is all executive. Like, there, there's no, like, ballot issues. You know, we have ballot measures where we vote on shit, but for the most part, the way that it works is Sacramento just kind of makes the decisions. So if they want to change the Constitution, they just do it. And there's been several examples of where Californians actually vote for something, but it wasn't the way the executive wanted it. So they'll take it to some kind of court system or they'll they'll do some kind of executive measure and then they'll just make the law that they want to make. California is the state of the highest bidder. The highest bidder will always pass the laws in California. Yeah, it, it's it's extremely it's extremely frustrating. What's up, Buddha? Well, that's kind of um, what I wanted to say. Was is it the weak men or is it weak money creating weak men? I, I just feel like the money is so weak and the and weak, so ex- the weak money comes from weak men. Right? Yes, because, yes, but I yeah. mean. Yeah, but the, I mean that the the money incentivizes itself to become weak. It's like the money, the draw under a Bitcoin standard, you won't have that happen because you can't have that weak man cycle because you can't just print well, the yeah, money. It's, it's the first time in history where weak men have no ability to manage the monetary supply. Right. So that cycle is broken. You know the 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 cycle of chains and slavery it's, 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 the same, it's the same thing that happened in world war ii it's the same thing that happened in the civil war the same thing that happened in the revolutionary war it's that it's that the weak men started to get power and they realized that they had to utilize their power to overcome the weak men that had all the power but they were still weak so that's it's it's just a crashing wave that's going on i mean I'm I'm extremely worried ever since the U.S. pulled out of Afghanistan that we might be into some other historical spiral where they're just going to spin it off in some war where they can just, you know, confuse or, you know, coerce people into fighting for. Well, I mean, it's, it's a natural outcome. The Romans did the exact same thing. Right. So at first, Roman conquest was all about the expansion of Rome. And it was extremely effective and it was extremely productive. And, you know, these early Roman emperors did like 
amazing things. I mean, they were brutal. They were awful. You know, they killed a lot of people, but they produced Rome. And then after Rome was produced, the weak men got in charge. And then you start, they just start spending money. And then they fight battles, not because they're trying to accomplish anything, just because they're trying to affect the status quo. They start clipping coins. They start debasing money. And the empire fell. The British did the exact same shit. Like, like this is the path of all empires. The French, it's the same thing. All empires in this way. What's up, Obama? Hey, uh, I just I want to apologize a little bit for getting us completely off the rails. Like, I was trying to describe El Salvador. Somehow we got on Japan. Uh, it was just because I started on that example of, like, Japanese people going to you, France. You're, you're never allowed on stage again, Obama. You're banned. No, it's fine. Yeah, you man. Know, I, look, it was man. wild, though. Like, I don't know. We went on like this like 30 minute tangent on like Japanese culture. But that that's totally cool, though. I think it's important because Japan was like the first down this rabbit hole of like just infinite money printing to cover up all the, you know, excesses and just like paper over all the losses. And we're all headed there. At the end of the day, if we let this let's, keep going, right? let's so. go. I just, I just got paid. Uh, I wasn't expecting it. Let's go to one of Princes of the M Block. I think if hands in the hands in the chat, have you seen Princes of the N? Throw up an, any random emoji if you've seen it. I haven't Princes seen it, but I'm watching it tomorrow. There's one. There's one. No, it's fine, man. Because I mean, honestly, I didn't have too much to talk about. We had the Battle of Twenty Four O Eight, and then the real big thing that we had to talk about today was Derek having a meeting with Fold, which was fucking amazing. But otherwise, we stacked three blocks, and and all is quiet on Stack Chain. So, you know, I I I appreciate it. I learned a lot about Japan and Japanese history. Like, <laughs> I'm cool with that. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I'll just start off where I was going with that. Like, as I said, it, as a Bitcoiner going to El Salvador, you may experience the same phenomenon where you think everybody loves Bitcoin. It's this Bitcoin paradise. And then you go there and most people don't want to accept Bitcoin. Maybe 50 plus percent don't want to accept Bitcoin. They're still in the like, you know, we like physical cash. It's just a habit it, and habits are hard to change. Some people will never change their habits. It's like Steve Jobs says, um, and it sounds harsh, but it's true. Death fixes this. You know, some people will literally never change. Uh, they'll never adapt to the personal computer, as he was referring to. And death fixes this. You know, those the old guard will die away. And, you know, the young generation will come up being used to Bitcoin and accepting it. And, in fact, being enthused by it. But, you know, if you go there right now, you just have to be prepared most people don't really get it. You know, just imagine if it was made legal tender here in the U.S. overnight. Most people would be like, you know, what the hell is this? You know, like, I still want to use dollars. It's I mean, the same it's, there. It's still impressive because, like, I don't know, 95, maybe 99% of Americans wouldn't, wouldn't accept Bitcoin for goods and services. So a number like 50%. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I feel like immediately though, all the best restaurants would start accepting Bitcoin, and then they would get regulars like coming in every day. I know I would do that if I knew a burger restaurant that took Bitcoin nearby me that had quality beef. I would be there like three times a week, hanging out, 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, the people that accept it are very glad to accept it. Like, I went to, like, just across from the hotel. Like, of course, in the hotel, everybody accepted Bitcoin. But then just across from there was the World Trade Center. um, And they had a food court. And a lot of the businesses there accepted Bitcoin. And they were very happy to accept it because that's, you know, tourist money that wouldn't be there otherwise. And they were very happy to receive it. And the same in El Zante at the places that accepted it. They were very happy to accept it because they realized this money wouldn't be coming in if it weren't for Bitcoin. So, like I said, the progress is very impressive. Just don't go there with that Japanese mindset that everything's like in the fairy tales. Just go there realizing, you know, it's gaining adoption, it's getting better, and, you know, leave some stats there. Give people more tips than you would otherwise. Like, I gave this guy... Um, I went on like a, a hiking tour and he wanted dollars, but I said, you know what, I'll, p- I'll pay you a lot more in sats if you'll take Bitcoin. I would have given him $20 tip in, in dollars, but I gave him a $60 tip in Bitcoin. So, you know, he was very happy to receive that. And like, I saw him later in the day and he was like, so happy. He's like, Hey man, what's up? What's up? You know? And, you know, and that's what you got to kind of do. Just make them realize like, we're here because of Bitcoin. Um, you know, your country is thriving because of Bitcoin. Bukele's doing great. And they all love Bukele, by the way. I wanted to tell you guys one story of a guy that I met that is against Bitcoin. Because I thought this was interesting. Um, we took an Uber uh, from the hotel to downtown uh, San Salvador. And I was talking to the guy in the cab. And, you know, obviously I'm wearing like a Bitcoin hat. I'm obviously pro-Bitcoin. So he didn't want to say anything bad about it. But I asked him, you know, what do you think about, you know, the Bitcoin law? What do you think about Bukele? And he started going to Bukele first. He said, oh, I love Bukele. Like, the crime has reduced 90%. Everybody loves Bukele. Like, nothing bad about him. Um, he says, like, what he's done about crime, what he's done about the gangs, everything is super great. But what he's done about the economy, maybe, you know, there's some room for improvement. Uh, the Bitcoin thing, you know, people here, they like cash. Um, people aren't going to change. Everybody they're likes They're going to learn faster than all of us, though. They're going to learn faster than all of our fiat pre-coining friends that are in the U.S. because they're going to know what Bitcoin is. They're going to be like, oh, I, I'm, I, I actually want this. They're going to be hodling. Well, I mean, you know, but this is, you got to have like a realistic expectation too because they're being asked to accept this other form of money that was three to four times more valuable six months ago. Exactly. But that's my point too. I, I think we're on the same page here then because I, what I'm saying is like while they might be suffering in the short term, we all are. So it's not like yeah, but we're not we're not suffering like they are because like when I don't know like, about you, I lost a shitload of money this year. I know, but I, I have I have more. You lost any money? I haven't sold shit. You guys yeah. been selling? I know. I, and I no purchasing power. Purchasing power. There you go. Yeah, but I mean, I have more means like. The, the decrease in value of Bitcoin didn't cause me to not be able to buy groceries or pay my bills, you know? So, like, yeah. asking, asking somebody to use the money 
that they need to use. Like if if I had if I had to use Bitcoin to feed my son, and you know, all of a sudden I could only feed him for one week out of the month instead of all four weeks, I would be like, "Fuck Bitcoin," you know. So, but I'm not 100%. I'm not in that position, you know. So, Hello, um, Jacob. What's up, Jacob? He sees he sees he sees his block in the title. He wants to come up and talk about. I don't know where Tao's at. We haven't seen Tao all night. Jacob, you want to come up and talk about your block, dude? You earned it. You earned that shit. You fought for it, and you won. It's a legendary stack, and not only is it a legendary stack, you fought and defeated a legendary stack chainer to get. What's it. up? So you got like the full stack chain experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um. No, What's I don't. Up, I don't. I don't really want to talk about my block. Expect, like you know, uh, but uh, saw it in the title. So I just came back from a Bitcoin meetup, had a couple beers, you know, picked my mom up from the airport for for the weekend, you know, and uh, took about two hours to get home because of like so many like accidents and like random traffic. So now I'm just chilling and uh, just wanted to come say hello. What were you guys talking about? It sounded really interesting. Uh, El Salvador. So Obama was down at adopting Bitcoin. So he was just telling me about El Salvador and then we're talking about Bitcoin adoption in in other countries. And um, he was making the point that as Bitcoiners, we view El Salvador as like the promised land and we're going to go down there and it's just going to be Disneyland. And and Obama's simply pointing out the realism that, you know, people are still learning about Bitcoin in El Salvador and not everybody has a preference for it and to not expect that. So we were kind of, that's what we were discussing. I think everything's going to change though. Once number goes up, you know, uh, that's really what's going to be required to get the next generation of Bitcoiners, like the next, you know, generation of hobblers into Bitcoin is number go up. Right. That That's what got me in was number go up. Right. I got in, I came in for the money and I stayed for the revolution, right? And that's how everybody's going to be. So I wonder how much, because uh, I mean, the entire story of this cycle is paper Bitcoin, right? Paper Bitcoin, like pretty much fucked everything up. And for us, we understand that. That's why we take our own keys into possession because fuck paper Bitcoin, right? But when you have central banks and corporations and they're starting to see the international growth of Bitcoin in places like El Salvador and they do not like that, they want to see that fail, you know, and then these people are in the same circles. So how many of them are like talking to scammer B and, and all these other losers trying to figure out how they can like make that not work out? for El Salvador just so other countries don't get this crazy Bitcoin idea. No, no bites on that. I mean, honestly, I think it's all a little suspicious. Like this whole FTX thing, the fact that he was in bed with all the regulators, that he had made all these political donations, that he was using customer funds for literally all of it. Nobody, like literally everybody in the media turned a blind eye to it. Nobody questioned anything while he's just spending, you know, 
millions and millions of dollars on political donations, on all this real estate in the Bahamas well, and everything. Well, and still journalists that are pumping this guy up. Like, he's not a bad exactly. guy. Exactly. He's still like a media darling, even after all the fraud came to light. That's the most bizarre shit I've well, ever seen. And what about that Facebook guy? Did you see his post where he was like, well, I was at, you know, we were at Facebook and we tried to launch Libra and just the mere mention of launching Libra, we all get drugged in front of a constitutional hearing. You know, we have senators and representatives just ripping us a new asshole, regulations flying out of nowhere and basically just completely and totally shut this shit down. Meanwhile, you have this guy who scammed the fuck. Out of $1.5 billion, $1.5 billion, he just made that shit disappear, and there's there's no, like, criminal charges of any kind? He scammed retail, though. He didn't, uh, he didn't scam the bankers, man. He was scamming the right people. That's why he's not getting in, in jail, man. But I think no, he'll... No, man. He, he scammed everybody. Just... He scammed the VCs and everybody. What are you right. talking about? I guess you're right. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, I was, he I was scammed everybody. But it just seems like... People are praising him because that they they could be in on it too. I think, and it just seems like um, that's at least the the vibe I'm getting is that they see that uh, the majority of people that will get ripped off from these type of crypto Ponzi type uh, things are is mainly retail rather than like the Bernie Madoff that kind of you know. But yeah, maybe fair. I'm wrong. And the people that received that missing 1.5 billion people must have been the right people. You know what I mean? It, exactly. It, you know, they got the money to not care. Hey, Odysseus, your mic is on, dude. Sorry, I'm I'm trying to send a lighting invoice right now, and I'm oh, not no, sure. I th- no, you're forgiven. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys talked Thank about you. this to death already, but it's so fucked up that he sold, like FTX in general, sold $1.4 billion of Bitcoin, and they had zero Bitcoin on the balance sheet. Literally, like, if anybody sent Bitcoin to FTX... They immediately sold it for shit coins. They immediately sold it for Solana and FTT and whatever other bullshit that they were promoting, right? And if you tried to buy Bitcoin on their platform, they took your money and they bought fucking shit coins with it. But right? did, did you get your yield though? Did you get your yield? What's up, Buddha? Well, no, I was going to jump in on that and just say, yeah, and, and we become the beneficiaries of that, right? I mean, if you have a low time preference, this, this is all good for us. This is the free market flushing itself out. There's no bailout. You know, there's no, they do the paper stuff and now they're going to pay the price. They don't have the Bitcoin and they'll never get it back. And we'll be the beneficiaries because the fiat price takes a hit and we don't give a crap. So, you know, I don't mind it. it is, this stuff needs to happen. And in the crypto sphere, it's seek and destroy. And if you're weak, you get destroyed. And it's just going to keep happening. And that's why Bitcoin's going to keep getting stronger. And there's nothing you can do to stop it because it's just incredibly strong and incredibly robust. And it's only going to be more so as we keep moving forward. So, you know, who cares? In my, in my mind, I don't care. I, I care about the people that got hurt. You know, no, but. I mean, I mean, yeah, I understand. I, I care too. But how do you get hurt after you just saw what happened to Celsius and Lunar? Are you just walking around with like a, you're walking around with a blindfold no, I on? You. I mean, it, it's like a stupid kid. Like you, you watch him trip and fall over his shoelaces, you know, three or four times in a row. You figure he'd learn to tie his shoes, but you still feel bad every time he smacks his head yeah. on the pavement. You know, and I don't feel bad about the cheap Bitcoin. 
Like, I don't feel that bad. I have like way more Bitcoin now than I would have had if all these scammers hadn't been, you know, doing their thing with paper Bitcoin. Cause I, I didn't buy, I didn't buy one sat worth of paper Bitcoin. You yeah, because you move it off exchanges. But I mean, think about if it didn't happen. Think about if they got away with this and, and then you go into the next bull run with FTX as like the king savior of all whatever. And then they have, you know, seven billion in Bitcoin that they don't have and they're buying Bitcoins with it. And how many people get wrecked with that? It would be bigger than the housing bubble coming down when this, this stuff all came out. So, I mean, I'm glad I don't I, I, look people get hurt. People are dying under the fiat system every single day. And it's important that Bitcoin education and Bitcoin adoption continue. So when the sats get cheaper, they fall into the hands of the people that need them more. So, I mean, it's just kind of, to me, a necessary evil. And, you know, there's really not much you can do. Yeah, honestly, like the ideal is that it never happened. But since it did happen, it's better that it got wrecked sooner than later, I guess, is your point. And that's yes. that's the exact point that uh, Jack Mullers made on CNBC the other day. And I thought he was very eloquent in making that point. Um, but... I do have something I'm very ashamed of that I have to admit to you guys. Um, yes, please do. I had a BlockFi Rewards credit card. And those you left one, them on? Yeah. So I had I had one million sats that was ready to be withdrawn, but on the second Friday of every month, the rewards are converted to Bitcoin. And, you know, it's like a $5 withdrawal fee. So I was like, I'm just going to wait for second Friday of November, and then I'm going to withdraw it all. But to save that $5, I lost the 1 million sats. So those 1 million sats are gone forever, guys. You got what you deserved. I did. I did. Okay, so to my defense, in my defense, fold, I don't want to spend that shit. Right, I don't want to spin a fucking wheel. All right, I just want my one point five percent put into Bitcoin and then give it to me in Sats. Right, and that's why I'm really waiting for the strike card. Here's yeah, the thing, Obama. What... Though you those those points were reward points, correct? Like you didn't buy Bitcoin to get, or you didn't spend money or anything to get that. Those were given to you as a use of the credit card, correct? Yeah, but I mean, I mean, if you put it that way, I could have used my 2% cashback card, just got the cashback, and then used that to buy Bitcoin and got the same result, right? I, I just want the convenience. Just put yeah. it into Bitcoin for me. Yeah. I was doing the same the, thing. Yeah, that makes, the risk makes that I take is I use the Gemini card. I mean, that's the risk that I take. You know, what's interesting is Gemini didn't like crash as a company. They just they just uh, stopped their earn program, like they froze it. And I used to I used to earn the the points and put them in the earn program. But when FTX had their you know snafu, immediately I just withdrew every last sat that was in, and there wasn't much, like a couple hundred bucks. Just like pull everything out, complete cold storage, and that was just all stuff that I earned off of credit card points. But I learned all too well on the Celsius thing. Any any sniff of something going on, immediate withdrawal, no questions asked, just boom, you know. So George, um, whenever this was happening, and as soon as word came out that Genesis was uh, affected by one hundred and seven, at least one hundred seventy-five million dollars loss, 
uh, with FTX. I text my buddy that had a whole bunch of funds in Gemini Earn, and I said, hey, man, Genesis was exposed six months ago to 3AC, lost a fuck ton of money. They're exposed to FTX. You need to get your shit out now. And he said, all right, I'll, t- I'll do that. I texted him the next day. I said, you get your, get your funds out. He said, no, not yet. I'll do it. Well, three days later, he finally texted me and said, yeah, I, I tried to withdraw it, and I can't. So he got. Oh my fa- God, I still have a Facebook message. I dug back in my old Facebook messages when I had some money on Mt. Gox, some Bitcoin on Mt. Gox. I had a buddy who reached out to me and he was like, You need to get your money off Mt. Gox. It's not safe there. Just move it to a software wallet. And I, 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 I got creamed. Oh my gosh, you have that. You need a, you need a, we got, we got a Mt. Gox, Mt. Gox veteran here, huh? You're actually the first person that I've talked to in these spaces that's talked about not getting their shit out of Mount Gox. No, it was, I mean, it was, Dumbass. I, there was barely, there wasn't another option. There wasn't even a Coinbase to send it to. You, you had to, there wasn't a Ledger wallet. There wasn't a Trezor wallet. Like you had to trust a, a web app on the internet that, you could sign up and put your keys on to. I think blockchain.com might have been oh, like yeah. the only Bl- alternative. Blockchain.info, man. I had a blockchain.info yeah, a while back cool. then. Yeah, yeah. I got that a little later after Mockox had already collapsed, but b- back in the day there wasn't there wasn't a lot of alternatives uh, like to make your own wallet unless you knew what you were doing with Bitcoin Core, but no one did at that time. Yeah, well cuz I mean Apple refuse to have any apps, you know, any Bitcoin apps in the, their Bitcoin wallets in the app store, you know, and it's not like moon wallet was around or any shit like that. So we're so lucky. We're so lucky to be like at the point of adoption where we're at right now, because this shit's like way easier. And these, these dumbasses are, you know, selling paper Bitcoin. Like, you know how lucky we are for, you know that they're doing this like we could have we could have gone through this cycle without paper bitcoin and the ability to earn bitcoin would could be like 20 times more difficult than it is right now price of bitcoin could easily be in the hundreds of thousands of dollars right now and instead you know i'm getting uh, a million sats for 165 dollars like these days will come to an end and you don't, you don't know when it's going to happen. So, you know, I know it sucks. A lot of people got scammed and got busted out, but we got an opportunity at a lot of Bitcoin and that's not going to be like that forever. So, and we have better software than, you know, like Odysseus was talking about, which much easier to take custody of our own keys. There's, tons of other people around that can explain things to us that we can ask questions to so we're you know this is this is like a a golden age of stacking sats so i'm not surprised at all that stack chain came around in the golden age of stacking sats 
Yeah, man. I, you know, I always thought, um, you know, every generation had its no brainer trade, right? Like the, the boomers had the real estate trade. All they had to do was just buy real estate, hold on to it, maybe rent it out if they wanted to, and just watch the number go up as uh, interest rates dropped forever and real estate values went up forever, right? And then Generation X, they had the tech stocks. All they had to do was just buy any tech stock uh, in the 2000s and get rich forever, right? And I thought, you know, us millennials, we're just fucked, right? Like, look at stock valuations now. Look at housing valuations now. What do we have? What are we going to buy? Like, everything is just drained. Like, the millennials, uh, or millennials, the Gen X and the boomers, they, they took all the value. We're just totally, we're the screwed generation, right? But no, we have, we have the perfect money to buy. We can convert dirty fiat into the, the only absolute scarcity that's ever existed. Like, this is our, you know, real estate of the boomers or tech stocks of the Gen X, except 100 times better because we're not subject to the whims of the central banks. We're not subject to the management teams of the tech companies. Like we can just put our savings into the perfect money. And this is, you know, our opportunity. And it's just so perfect for millennials or Gen X or even boomers who realize this opportunity right now. Um, but yeah, like, like I said, like before I thought our generation was just completely screwed. Like there's nothing that we can do. Everything has just been completely drained from us. We'll never retire. We'll never own anything. But uh, and and I guess we'll be happy. We'll we'll own nothing and we'll be happy. But um, no, we'll we'll own Bitcoin and we'll be happy, right? Yeah, we didn't just get like a housing boom. We got a once in a species changing of the guard. You know, like we got an an evolution in monetary technology that is forever going to change the course of humanity right at the beginning, you know, right at the very fucking beginning. So you are a hundred percent right guys. We've been in the spaces for over an hour and a half. So it's time to do last word. So loco you're in the winning spot again. You want to do first last word on stack chain loco? Oh yeah, sure. I, I, I don't have, whole bunch to say i just want to say thank you guys for coming out uh thanks for everyone listening um i've been i've been doing a lot of work the last couple days and i'm just kind of all drained out and i just enjoy a nice conversation every once in a while so thank you guys and i appreciate all you Loco, you fucking killed it with not your keys not your coins thank you so much for like letting me be a part of that um you know a lot of times we talk about like you know what's your favorite part of stack chain and honestly like being involved in two of your songs has just brought me so much personal joy man so thank you thank you so much for that bama what's up man you got any last words on stack chain yeah man i just want to echo what you said um it's just kind of amazing that um, you know, Bitcoin Twitter brings out, you know, kind of the some of the most talented, most intelligent, most like passionate people that you'll ever meet. And the stack chain just takes it to another level, like Loco and 
Q and Lauren now, apparently in this new duet. Uh, I just listened to it. It's, it's incredible. Like, it's just amazing how much uh, talent people have and how much they're willing to put their their time toward you know this mission in any way that they can uh it's just amazing so yeah, i just feel so privileged to know all you guys and to be here with you in this uh very pivotal moment in history so yeah i just want to thank you thank all you guys for you know all that you contribute to bitcoin in any well, way that you can yeah you know you're right there too Obama. like you don't come on stage often, but when you do, you bring fucking fire. Like, I remember the whole, like, bond explanation thing, like, in the beginning of Stack Chain, and then you come up here and tell us about adopting Bitcoin. So, you're right there. You're a part of it, man. Stack Chain is nothing without all the people that contribute, and that includes you, man. So, I appreciate that. George, what's up, man? You got any last words on Stack Chain? I'm interested to see what the, the next, um, kind of as we tail out of this bear market what um what things start looking like the both the pros and the cons like <clears throat> what's going to be the new scam um is it going to be harder to find is it going to be easier to see how many um you know like hard hard like steel hardened plebs will there be and um the kind of environment i i haven't been a part of a bitcoin community during a bull run so i'm really kind of interested to see what that looks like i'm hoping i'm hoping we <laughs> although i do like the cheap sats like i'm out of like large piles of cash to really take advantage of it on a large level so i'm kind of itching to see the price start going up a little bit and seeing some relief but regardless we're all like we're all like hardened fire hardened bitcoin plebs so it's cool being with you guys you know, George, I hate to burst your bubble, but the Bitcoin community is way fucking better in the bear market. So I've seen... That's awesome. I, yeah, I've seen two now. And in the bull market, everyone's a fucking genius and everybody knows everything. It's just tourists and traders and, you know, like everybody around right now is a full-on Bitcoiner. Like, we're teaching people how to run nodes. We're, we're separating money from state. You know, we're, we're doing amazing things. And even if we don't have, like, a Bitcoin job or we're not a miner or anything, like, we're, we're the foundational base of Bitcoin adoption. And when the bull market happens, it's a fucking zoo. It's a circus. You hear people saying the stupidest shit, doing the stupidest things. And um, th this... this bear market is the best time i've ever had being a part of the bitcoin community and i've grown as a bitcoiner like so much just all doing all this stuff i mean look at all the content that we pushed out we went to pacific bitcoin i've met so many amazing people and had so many amazing experiences that you know it, that's what happens that's how it is man um odysseus any last words on stack chain Yeah, not on not on Stack Chain specifically, but I I always assumed that this movie Princes of the Yen was basically a Bitcoin movie. So if, if y'all haven't watched Princes of the Yen, it's on YouTube. It's a documentary. Just look it up. It's free. It's very high quality and it's very informative about what happened between World War II 
and maybe like leading up into the 2000s. So I, I just highly recommend it as a, as a good watch if you're trying to maybe unplug from Twitter or learn a little bit more about how we got to Bitcoin. Stack Chain Movie Review, Princes of Yan, go do it, or else Odysseus, you're going to break Odysseus's heart. <laughs> Jacob, what's up, man? You got any last words on Stack Chain? Um, no, not about Stack Chain so much. I mean, happy to be here, happy to get that 2408, but just uh, stay away from the shit coins. I hear they give you warts and all sorts of diseases and just bad stuff, so don't do that. Excellent advice from our friend Jacob, who's a fucking stack chain legend now. Congratulations, sir. Welcome to the fold. You've been fully initiated. Blood in, blood out. You're not going anywhere now. Stack chain Buddha. Any last words on stack chain? Yeah, of course. Love you guys. Um, love stack chain. Um, pretty much every single day. I'm in all one of you, two of you, more than that. Um, everybody's energy is so amazing and I don't take it for granted. I try to tell myself at least once a day that it, imagine what it would be like during these times to just be purchasing my Bitcoin on my own and moving it to cold storage and not interacting with anyone. Um, so I really do appreciate it and I really don't take it for granted. So um, thank you all and I'll see you in the chain. See you on the chain, Buddha. And Stack Chain would not be Stack Chain without Stack Chain Buddha. I mean, that's not more you can say about that. Derek, any last words on Stack Chain, man? Hey, brother. Uh, yeah, I would like to say that I hope that all of you have a wonderful Thanksgiving with your friends, your family, and your loved ones. I'm going to be traveling tomorrow and we'll be back for a few days. Those of you that are traveling, travel safely and again, enjoy your time with with your loved ones. I love all you guys. Absolutely. Tis the season to touch some grass, right, Derek? So thank you, yeah. sir. And thank you for what you do. Derek does so much work in the background. I mean, you know, it's awesome that you went and you talked to the Fold guys. So that's exciting. Um, you know, Derek's over there working with the devs and, and trying to get the app squared away. Like, Derek does a lot for us. So um, I appreciate that, man. John, are you there? Are you there, John? Are you still awake? All right. You got any last yes, words on that chain, John? No, amazing spaces. You good, man? All right. Yep. All right. I'm going I'm to leave you guys with a stack chainer blessing. I hope tomorrow you have more Bitcoin than you have today. Stack chainers, I love you guys. Have fun. Stack yourselves. Stack sides. Feeling brown, I got no cash. Can't afford the tip. Got me feeling kind of sad, but we glad. I sleep up your whole bag. Selling my cares to get a couple sides. And I'll suck it next week because I hit my limit. Never was fun just to get some digits. Good for you, say back. I ain't talking feelings. Yo Q, I like what you're doing There's a fuck up on the tip and it's leaving me clueless Stacking sets up on the chain, taking up my whole day Hella blocks up in the notice that we had to validate So stack a block, join a block, a shit post now Can't afford a block, join a block, reloading my account Yeah, I'm broke, it's a sad thing But a stack, on the stack chain GFYs, and all the memes Love vibes, and all the pains Stack sets Feeling brown, I got no cash. Can't afford the tip. Got me feeling kinda sad, but we glad. Yo, low. That shit was lit. It got me fired up trying to stack the tip.
cosmic Stack chain energy Think hard 21 by infinity Stack chain I can't get enough Every single day is number go up Stack joins Invading your thread Stacking so hard that it hurts the fed And I'ma keep on stacking cause what Anthony said And pass it back to Q and let the signal spread Stacks, Feeling brown, I got no cash Can't afford the tip Got me feeling kinda sad but we glad